The epistle for this feast of Corpus Christi is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Brethren, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and giving thanks, broke and said, Take you and eat. This is my body, which shall be delivered for you. This do for the commemoration of me. In like manner, also the, the chalice, after he had supped, saying, This chalice is the New Testament in my blood. This do you, as often as you shall drink, for the commemoration of me. For as often as you shall eat this bread and drink this chalice, you shall show the death of the Lord until he come. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the chalice of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the chalice. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. At that time, Jesus said to the multitude of the Jews, My flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, the same also shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, there are three main things that go on in our, what is called our vegetative life. Um, the first thing is the generation of life. The second thing is the growth of life. And the third thing is the nourishment of life. And God gave us this natural life to each one of us that takes place in our bodies. And because he gave it to us, he wanted to give also powers to us by which we may accomplish those things. He gave, he gave us those powers. He gave the animals those powers. He gave the plants those powers as well. The power to beget new life, the power to grow in your life, and the power to nourish your life. How did he give us those powers? Well, we know that a man and a woman um, have the capacity given to them by God to bring forth new life. Um, this is a special power that God did not have to, to give them, but, but they are, are given that power so that they can bring new life into the world. Um, we know also that's, that's the, the generation of life. We know also that our bodies have the power to grow that we're able for a period of about 20 years, you know, from, from the time that we are conceived um, until we reach adulthood, we have the power to take in food. And somehow the, the food, the, your body has the ability to make your body grow, continue to grow over that period of 20 years until you reach your adult size, until you, you stop growing after that. Our body has that capacity. And then lastly, the body also has the capacity to nourish itself. You take in food and your body converts it to like new cells and new, new tissue, new, new muscle, um, so that your, your body can be sustained in its natural life. So that's, that's the life of our body that also belongs to the plants and the animals, as I say. But God has called us human beings to an even higher life, 
that is beyond the natural life, the supernatural life. And it's amazing and beautiful how he has wanted there to be a parallel, an exact parallel between the natural life and the supernatural life. In other words, just as I said that you have those three things that take place in the natural life, that you have generation, growth, and nourishment that take place in the natural life, so too in the supernatural life. There are means, tools given to us by God whereby we can accomplish those three things. The generation of new life, the growth of the supernatural life, and finally the nourishment of the supernatural life. The, the, one of the main differences, though, is that God is not able to give us that power in our very nature. I mean, I just said that we, we actually have in our, in our body powers in order to accomplish those three things. Those powers are inside of us. But with the supernatural order, that's not possible because the supernatural order is completely beyond. It's completely above our nature. So things have to come from the outside in order to pick us up to that supernatural level in order to make us be born in the supernatural life, in order for us to, be, to grow in it and to be nourished. What are those things that God has given us? Well, it is um, this sacramental system. Three sacraments. There, God has established three sacraments by which these three things are accomplished. You know that we are born into the supernatural life through the sacrament of baptism. You're, not, you're born in a, in a state where you have no supernatural life whatsoever, and then on the day you get baptized, when the water is like poured on your head and the words are pronounced, then all of a sudden you have a new life inside of your soul, a supernatural life that was not there before. It's the first time where your soul just comes to life with this supernatural life through the sacrament of baptism. Then, as far as growth is concerned, for that when you're, when you're baptized, you're like, you're like a child or something. You're like an infant, a baby in the supernatural life. Um, and then you need to be brought to your full growth, to, to adulthood in the supernatural life. And well, it doesn't, doesn't take 20 years. Um, it, 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 this is a supernatural thing, so it, it's, it's not a question of eating food for 20 years in order to grow to your, your adult spiritual size. Um, it just happens in one ceremony, in fact, through one sacrament, and that is the sacrament of confirmation. You are confirmed by the bishop. You receive the sacrament of confirmation, and through that one act alone, you are brought to a state of spiritual adulthood. The, in the supernatural order, God can make that jump, just like that, through the sacrament of confirmation. And then finally, of course, that action of nourishing your supernatural life has also parallel. And of course, this is the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. In our natural life, we have to, we have to eat food and we have to drink every day in order to sustain our life. If we, if we stop eating and drinking, we will die, inevitably. So just as our body needs constant nourishment in order to sustain itself, so too our souls need constant nourishment. And our Lord decided to give us his own body and blood to be that nourishment. And he chose that there be the species of the sacrament be staple foods, that we have bread and wine. Bread and wine are, are, are just staple foods. They're, they're the normal, everyday foods that you would take in, in food and drink, in order to sustain your life. And because this sacrament needs 
to be received on a regular basis. It's not like um, a one-off act like baptism and confirmation. Um, you know, you're only born once. You, you don't say to people, I've got three birth certificates for all three of my births. You were only born once, so there's only one sacrament of baptism. Um, you only grow to adult size once. It only happens once. Um, and so there's just one time you receive the sacrament of confirmation, but you nourish your body continually. All throughout your life, you need to nourish your body. And so this blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, is given to us to be received many times, over and over and over again, throughout the course of our life. Because it's so important to, to nourish our soul, to keep our supernatural organism in good health, our Lord made this sacrament the most important of them all. Baptism is the beginning of the, of the supernatural life. Confirmation is the growing to adulthood. And the Holy Eucharist is the very summit of the supernatural life. You cannot do anything greater in the supernatural order than to receive our Lord himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Blessed Sacrament. So while the Holy Eucharist is the most powerful means for our sanctification, at the same time, it presents a certain test for our faith, a very important test for us to be able to meet. Our Lord did not will to come to us in power and majesty. He, come, he comes to us in a very lowly and humble way, and he demands of us a double faith. We will be singing the, the hymn of St. Thomas Aquinas later on today, the Adorote Devote, when we come back in the church. And he says in there, St. Thomas says in there, that we have to have a double belief in our Lord when we receive the Holy Eucharist. We have to believe that his divinity is present, um, something that, that would we not be able to see even if, if he was like before us, like he was standing before the apostles. Even if you saw him standing before you as the apostles saw him, you still wouldn't be able to see his divinity. Nobody can see the divinity. So we have to believe that under the appearances of bread and wine, our Lord's divinity is there. But we also have to believe in his humanity because we don't see his humanity. What we see is what appears to be bread or what appears to be wine. But we have to believe it's not actually bread or wine, but it's actually the humanity of our Lord is present there. And the whole efficacy of your reception of the Holy Eucharist depends upon the faith and love that you bring to the communion realm. The greater your faith, the greater your love, the more you will receive from the Blessed Sacrament. We just heard in the, in the, in the loudest seal, in the beautiful, another beautiful hymn of St. Thomas Aquinas, how he said, sumum boni, sumum mile, something about how um, quantum exitus dispar, or some, I, I can't remember the exact words, unfortunately. Um, but he, he, he points out that Everybody receives the same thing. Everybody receives our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, but the effect upon them is very different depending upon their dispositions, depending upon how they receive our Lord, what is going on in their souls when they receive our Lord. As I say, it's almost like our Lord wanted to make himself um, inaccessible or hidden in the Blessed Sacrament so that you would have the right dispositions when you receive. He forces you into a position where you have to have a childlike faith. 
He's not showing himself in majesty. So if you are to believe, you have to make this act of childlike faith. You have to believe the words of our Lord to say that, no, even though the appearances are, are very, very humble, actually our Lord is present here, body, blood, soul, and divinity in this sacrament. And to the degree that you can have that, that disposition, our Lord will be able to work his wonders in your soul, to nourish that soul, to nourish your supernatural organism. Um, there's, there's the potential in every single Holy Communion to have such an increase in your level of grace, but it depends upon your dispositions. For this, this Sunday of Pentecost, there's the, the parable about the invitation to, to a feast, and, you know, there's a lot of people invited who just are too busy. They're too worldly. They're just like, oh, I, I just married a wife, or um, I just bought a farm, or I just bought a new plow for my farm, so I'm, I'm just too busy. I can't, I can't make it. They, they don't. In other words, the Blessed Eucharist is not for the proud and the haughty and the worldly. They're not going to be interested. Our Lord sets up a situation where they are, they are not going to be interested because our Lord is present in such a humble way. It's only those who are lowly, who are humble, who are really going to be interested in receiving our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. And so the parable goes on, and the, 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 the man who's running the feast, he says, well, go to the highways and the byways. Get the blind, the lame, and the crippled. And bring them to this feast. And, and they are the ones who actually show up for, for the banquet because they don't have anything better to do or they, they, are, they are simply humble and, and willing to be interested. So we must try to have as intense a faith as possible when receiving our Lord, as intense a love as possible when receiving our Lord so that we can draw as much spiritual benefit from this most blessed sacrament. Even though... Um, our Lord wants us to make that great act of faith. There's sometimes that he has worked miracles in order to reveal his presence. And um, these miracles can be a, a source of, of increasing our faith in, in the Blessed Sacrament. I just want to tell you one of those stories of, of a Eucharistic miracle. It concerns a, a priest in Spain who was having scruples about the validity of his ordination. He didn't know if he was like, was I actually ordained or was I not? And so when he would go to say Mass, he would be there, like, pronouncing the words of consecration. And, and then afterwards, he was like, is our Lord really present? Is our Lord not really present? Because I don't know if I'm, if I'm a priest or not. And so these scruples went on, and they got worse and worse. He was, he was in a place called Moncada in, in Spain. And he, he decided he was just going to go visit the, the bishop in Valencia, and, and just say to the bishop, look, I, I just want to let you know I'm having scruples. Perhaps he would ask for a conditional ordination. But when he got to Valencia, our Lord decided that, that he would confirm the validity of the priesthood of, of this priest in a miraculous manner. He was saying Mass on Christmas Day. It was, he started with the Midnight Mass, and, and he, you know, he was there at the consecration, and he, he was sort of tremblingly saying these words because he was afflicted by these scruples. And when he raised the host, there was a five-year-old boy in, in the crowd. And, and the five-year-old boy was, was like nudging his mother and saying, look, mom, mom, look, look, there's this beautiful baby there on, on the altar that the, the priest has just raised up. There's this beautiful baby that looks like 
the, the infant Jesus that, that is in the crash. And then after, after this happened, because um, the mother was so taken by, by her five-year-old doing this, she brought her son to the dawn mass and also the day mass, because you know you use three masses on Christmas. And the exact same thing happened at the moment of consecration. It happened to be the same priest who was saying those, those extra masses. And the exact same thing happened. The boy was pointing out that, that he saw the infant Jesus at the elevation. So the priest heard about this, that, that this, this boy was claiming to see the infant Jesus in the host that he was raising up. And this, this helped his scruples a little bit, but he, he wanted to be precisely sure that this was, this was a real miracle. So what he did is he had the mother and the boy come to his next mass, and he put on the corporal three hosts, and he consecrated two of the hosts, but he left one of the hosts unconsecrated. And then after the mass, he brought the boy up to the altar, and he said, what do you see here? The boy said, I see a beautiful baby. Don't you see he's stretching his arms out towards me? And he said, well, what do you see over here? This other host. And the boy said, I see nothing. I see nothing. So, so the faith of the priest, the, the, this, was, this was proof for the priest that he had the power to consecrate the Blessed Sacrament and therefore that his ordination was valid because the, the child pointed to the one that he consecrated and, and saw our Lord there. And the one that, that he had not consecrated, he did not see our Lord. So, I mean, though we may not be privileged to receive a miracle like, like this one, yet we can use these miracles to renew our faith in the Blessed Sacrament. It is truly that supernatural food that our Lord has meant to be the daily nourishment of our supernatural organism so that we can maintain ourselves in good supernatural health. Just like, as I said, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go without receiving food and drink for a long time, you slowly weaken and die so too we need to receive our Lord on a regular basis in order to gain the strength we need, especially in the world today, to um, maintain ourselves living a supernatural life. The Blessed Sacrament truly is our Lord Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is why when we come into the church, we genuflect, we go, go down on one knee. This is why when you come to the communion rail, you kneel down, you close your eyes, and you receive our Lord on the tongue. That's why the, the, the Blessed Sacrament is handled um, with such um, care by, by the priest. This is why we take the Blessed Sacrament in procession in great solemnity. So let us use all these things to strengthen our faith so that we may ever more worthily receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.